All right, welcome in. It's the BCJ Podcast brought to you by the Holy Grail here on BearcatJournal.com. I'm Chad Brendel. Joined tonight, welcome back to the podcast, Dave Simone. We're doing one at night, so he's not working. Yeah, good um, to be here. Coaches don't like doing podcasts during the day, Dave. Yeah. They, they like fickle wanted fickle fickle wanted me to record at like eight a.m. Oh, that's been fine for me. You got a toddler. I've got a puppy and a nine-year-old. <laughs> eight a.m. is not not prime recording time for a podcast. No. All right, we're joined by a special guest today. Another special guest. We have been on a hot streak. None hotter than this. We are joined by none other than Cincinnati Bearcats quarterback, senior. Jake Sopko. Jake, welcome to the program. How are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. I was, uh, how was quarantine life back in uh, Avon going for you? Um, pretty boring, I'll be honest <laughs> with you. Uh, just trying to find things to keep me busy, pretty much. How's that working? Is it, is it working at all? Not really. <laughs> we've all kind of run out of things to do, but I'm trying my best. Uh, we'll start with the important stuff. Uh, one of the things you had to do was an awesome Cribs edition of, uh, on TikTok in, the, uh, in the, the TikTok challenge, and you were robbed. Yeah, yeah, I was. Um, in front of the whole world to see, too. It was, it was disappointing. <laughs> I put in a lot of work to my, for my TikTok. I felt really good about it. And, um, you know, Coach Freeman, I was up against Coach Freeman, who ended up winning it all. And, uh, you know, he made a good one, too. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I just felt like I felt like mine was better. And I had more retweets, more favorites. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what happened with the voting. You know, Coach Fickle brought that up when we talked to him about it on Tuesday. And there's a lot of conspiracy theories going around about this, this TikTok tournament because you beat Coach Freeman in likes and retweets. Brady Collins beat Coach Freeman in likes and retweets. Gino Gadulli beat Coach Freeman in likes and retweets and somehow coach Freeman won every round and, and fairly convincingly each time. Uh, do you have any conspiracy theories? Do you think he just had each one of his kids vote and that, that changed the course of the, the outcome or what? Yeah. I mean, well, first off, I got my lawyer B Fox on it. He's looking <laughs> at it. Uh, we're, we're not talking to B Fox and I are in a heated uh, rivalry right now, but we're going to, we're going to race. That name's uh, no good really? here right now. <laughs> wow. um, but I think my theory I think there might be some burners out there some burners uh, made and they're clicking the vote, vote. I, I, I think coach Freeman's family won it for him yeah that's true I mean he has you know like that awesome big family super cute kids like I, I can't compete with that you know that's he's getting all the cuteness likes I can't well, that and he married way out of his uh, his class. He's, he's yeah. way out of his league. Yeah, I was debating if I should comment on that, but uh, <laughs> well, we'll say it tastefully and just say that he he married way out of his league. Yeah, that is true. So, how has it been keeping in communication with everybody, talking to the coaches, talking to Brady, having meetings? Uh, take it. We, we've heard it from Brady. We've heard it from Luke. We've heard it from Aaron Hemler. And what's it like as a player? going through all of this and, and experiencing it. Yeah, that's probably the weirdest part is I'm so used to just, like, constant, like, communication, like, being around the guys, being in the locker room, talking to everybody. But, um, you know, they're definitely doing the best that we can. So every Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the morning, we have a QB meeting over Zoom. Um, and that's usually, like, 45, 50 minutes while the QBs, Coach Gino, we're just kind of going over, like, concepts and breaking down film cut-ups and all that. And then um, every morning at, like, 10 a.m., I'm greeted with a call from Coach Felino, uh, one of our lifting coaches. Yeah. He's the one that I work with. So he calls me every day, make sure I'm up, um, tell him my weight. That's got to stink. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, he's like my guy. And every, every morning I wake up to his voice. It's quite the, uh, <laughs> quite the wake-up call. But, yeah, so it's just a quick combo, make sure, like, I'm up to, you know, everything's good school-wise, um, the lifting schedule and all that. Um, and then Aaron, you know, I'll get a text from him like once or twice a week, just checking in, make sure everything's good. And then, um, coach Brady and I were actually texting the other day. We were texting about the Browns uniforms, um, today. We're, we're going to get to that. Yeah. 
so we were texting about that today. But, um, yeah, so just kind of communicate with everybody the best that we can in this, like, weird situation. Dave? How is Air Monarch life treating you? Yeah, that's also been a big change, too. Uh, the Air Monarchs. You know, I'd always, like, talked about getting them. I knew one day I would have to. You know, once you become a dad, you have to. Um, I'm not a dad, but just being around my dad for, like, the whole month, and he's always rocking them. <laughs> I was like, I think it's, it, I can't wait any longer. I got I to gotta, I gotta get my I – mean, I, I, I'm a fairly new dad, too, so I need some tips because I don't have any. Like, I know you guys – have you gotten some snow recently? Yeah. So you haven't been able to cut the grass in them yet, have you? No, no, that's the thing. I haven't been able to cut the grass, but um, I, whenever I put them on, though, like I get this urge, I'll like go out on my porch, like kind of just yell, yell at the kids that run on my lawn and stuff like that. You know, it just it, it brings it out of me. I don't know what it is. Now, what what kind of sock game go with Air Monarchs? Because I feel like it's more of like a mid calf sock game you can't really wear the lows or the or the highs the ones that hide can you no you st- well you kind of start low but i've seen like my socks have gotten increasingly higher the more i'm <laughs> about to be up to my my knees a nice pair of white socks up to the knees pretty soon i mean i i think they're sweet so i'm i'm thinking about getting myself a pair too i mean they look great probably when you're grilling out or something chad you should you should probably get a pair for some Grilling or, or smoking shoes, you know? You're right. I probably should. Uh, it's surprising that I don't, but uh, let's be honest. I, I wore jeans today for the first time in, like, three weeks. Uh, it's That's, been sweatpants uh, and basketball shorts for uh, for a long time. I'm, I've, this is week five for me working from home, and I'm pretty sure I've only worn sweatpants and basketball shorts. Are you, are you there with us, Jake? You're not You're not wearing regular pants, are you? No, no, no. It's been a while. It's been a while. <laughs> I, I'll tell you what. I put the jeans on today. I, I had to fill in for uh, for Tony Pike on the radio. Put the jeans on today. Totally overrated. Overrated? Yeah, straight back to the sweatpants as soon as I got home. Yeah, I feel that. <laughs> That's probably how Jake feels like when he puts on a different pair of shoes now. He's like, these are not as, as snug and as supple as my Air Monarchs. I got to take these off. Exactly. I just I, I don't feel like the same person. I just feel so much more dynamic when I got the Monarchs on. <laughs> Jake, has, has the hardest part been not being around the guys, not being in the in the same apartment complex with everybody, not, you know, hanging around and playing video games? Even I'm sure you guys now can can stream and, and play online. But mm-hmm. how hard is that not being around, you know, your, your boys, the guys that you've been around for five years now? Yeah, that's a thousand percent um, the thing that like is the weirdest and that I definitely am like missing the most. Because um, like I'm I'm used to like you know every day I'm getting up and I'm in the locker room and I'm just you know hanging out with the boys and then we lift and then after and then the training room and then we eat lunch together and then you know we go back to the apartments and like we're constantly together and just like kicking around or whatever. So that that's definitely been the the most difficult part. Um, and I miss it. I mean, I miss the guy. So hopefully we'll be back on campus soon. But yeah, that, that's been the toughest thing. So I want to talk about something that I don't think we've ever discussed this within, with the player before, Dave. But I, Jake's got a, an interesting perspective on this. You were around when, when you guys didn't live in those apartments. Mm-hmm. And what has it been? What's the difference been like moving into like an actual real life apartment with, you know, flat screen TVs and granite countertops and how much of a change was that? Because the recruits, when they see it, they're like, oh, my God, I get to live here yeah. for college? What's it been like as a player going from – were you in um, university? I was at UPA, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, that has to be a heck of an upgrade to go from UPA to where you are now. No, yeah, for sure. I mean, UPA was pretty nice, too. Like, when I, all my yeah. buddies from high school visit, they'd be like, dang, you got this. But now it's like – I mean, yeah, one-on-one is so – it's so nice. My parents always, like, tease me. They're like, this is going to be the nicest place you're going to live in for like, a while. Like, once you get out of college, it's not going to be like this. But, um, no, yeah, it's so nice. And it's cool that we're all there. So, like, if I need, like, a seasoning or something, I go across the hall and I just walk in Ben Bryant's room and grab that. And, like, we're always, you know, constantly around each other. And it's cool that, like, we're all together. But, but yeah, we're so spoiled. It's so nice. <laughs> 
Um, seasoning, are, are, are you chefs opto as well? I chef it up a little bit. Me and, uh, me and Bruno, we live together, so we, we chef it up a little bit. And my buddy, uh, Biz, Zach Bazinski, him too. We all get after a little bit. Nice. What, what, what's, your fa- what's, your, what's your signature dish? I'm a big stir-fry guy. Okay. Um, yeah, big stir-fry guy. That's pretty much my, my go-to. So I Bruno made you any poutine? Uh, no, he, he never has. He, he really – no, he's the guy who's always making, like – first off, he eats, like, six times a day. Like, he's very strict, like, six – real meals so at like 10 o'clock at night he'll be making like tilapia and like <laughs> three cups of rice and the whole apartment smells awful when we go to bed <laughs> um so i coined the phrase sopcast yeah uh last off season and, and and we had been hoping that there was going to be a, a podcast produced by uc hosted by jake sopco that has not come to fruition have you been on their back? Like quarantine would be the perfect time to fire off some Zoom versions of the Sopcast with your teammates. It would be great. I think so. Yeah, it was. It was in the works. It was in the works. Pick up, hate it. Yeah, in in the fall, we we tried to make it happen. Uh, me and Kaz, uh, our media guy, kind of fell through. I don't really know what happened, but you're right. It is the perfect time, and Chad, I might text him. He can now be the Bearcat Journal correspondent. Well, see, what I'm aiming for here, Dave, is that, that to get him experience as a senior, and then when he graduates, he can do a little part-time work for Bearcat Journal hosting the Sopcast. I'm sure that's high on his priority list, list. After, after graduation. is like, move out, find real job, join Bearcat Journal as part-time contributor. I mean, I'm sure it's like right there. Look at him. He's dying. Hey, we, we might be able to make it happen. <laughs> but uh, what better time? They're just nervous, aren't they? They're, they're scared of the power of the Sopcast. They don't know what I'm – yeah, they're worried about I'm going to say something I shouldn't say probably. FCC regulations out yeah. the window. Well, but the thing is, they okayed you for this, and there's no bigger loose cannon in, the, in this town than me. <laughs> That's a good so, point. It, I mean, you follow me on Twitter. You know. Yeah, I see it. <laughs> um, how cool has it been the, these past couple of years? Uh, a couple of 11 win seasons. I mean, you suffered through the, the two, four, and eight years as a redshirt, uh, and then your redshirt freshman year. How awesome has this ride been to be on, uh, to see this, this thing take off? No, it's, it's been incredible uh, every step of the way. And it's, it's no surprise to me at all. Just like kind of really watching everything behind the scenes and kind of like the, the culture that coach Fickle and his staff brought in and, and watching that first year, everybody was kind of like resistant to it. And then that's probably part of the reason why we didn't, you know, do as well as we probably should have, but then just watching kind of everybody buy in and like bring in the guys that he's brought in. Um, you know, it's no surprise to me that we've had the success that we've had. That first year, it was all because of the attention training, wasn't it? You guys hated them for that. Yeah, that was locker room. They were like, "Yo, what is this? Like, what, what, what are these guys on? We're not about it." But, namely, Brady. Yeah, I mean, there it was just it was just so it was so different the the way Tuberville staff and and they went about things to when Coach Fickle and and when they came in, um, it was just a total you know. 180 just could not be you know more opposite so I think everybody was pretty caught off guard for uh the first couple months was the biggest difference what happened on those days that you were like eh I'm a little injured I don't know that I'm gonna be able to practice today uh under coach Tuberville there wasn't a whole lot of requirements uh, if you were sitting out that day but uh under coach Fickle things got a a little bit different didn't they real quick yeah it, it was it was real quick um you know, Coach Tuberville was very laid back, and um, the whole program was kind of a little bit laid back. And then, uh, you know, when Coach Fick came in, it was yeah, there was there was none of that. You, I mean, you had to be dying if you weren't out there practicing. Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely different. Dave, so we've talked to Chad's talked to Coach Fickle, Brady. What and kind of gotten an idea of how you guys are trying to stay in shape the best you can right now from like a pure football, though, standpoint, 
are you having meetings with position coaches going over what you would maybe normally be going over? Or is that, I know the NCAA just kind of put a ruling out today that they're going to extend the hours that you guys are allowed to virtually meet with coaches. So, but like, what are you kind of doing on the true football side of things during this time? Yeah, so we're meeting Monday, Wednesday, Friday, uh, position meetings. So, like, I'm with Coach Dino and all the other quarterbacks. And um, the first couple of days, we were just finishing up, like, watching film from our last uh, practice before we went on spring break. And then, you know, everything got shut down. So, from then on, we've just been kind of, like, going over concepts and breaking them down. And then, um, you know, now we're kind of watching film. So, what he wants us to do is, like, we're watching film on other teams. And we're kind of um, – like the project that we have that we're talking about tomorrow is like we, he gave us all one of the draft, the QBs, top five QBs that are going to be drafted. And um, we each picked one and then we're going to go watch like two games and just kind of break them down and kind of see like what they do and what makes them successful. And then um, kind of just look at like a couple of the concepts and like plays that they run that, um, you know, stick out to, to me or whoever's watching it and um, kind of talk about it and like maybe even talk about like if we can find a way to put that in our offense or if there's a if there's a play in there that we already do and kind of compare to how they do it and what's their read compared to ours and um just stuff like that I mean the thing is like with football there's so much film out there and um you know there's so many different things that we can really look at so there's definitely still stuff we can do we definitely all want to be out there you know practicing and all that but um yeah we're definitely still trying to find stuff to do what quarterback did you get in this project? Well, I had first pick, um, and I actually took Jordan Love because. Oh, you didn't take so you didn't take the guy that's going to destroy your Browns for the next fifteen. No, years. no, I thought about it. I'm a big Burrow fan, and I thought about it. But um, all ESPN does, like this past week, is just play LSU games. I've already watched like oh six, yeah six of his games. So I figured, you don't need that assignment. No. Well, yeah. Jordan, Love, Jordan Love's an interesting one. I mean, I'm, I'm a huge draft dork, and some people love him, and then you see Twitter videos where they're asking, like, does he know what a comeback route is because just interception after interception. So. Yeah, exactly. I've seen a lot of mixed reviews, so I kind of want – that's why I picked him. I kind of want to look in and take a look for myself, just kind of see, see what's going on. So you'll have an eva- – are you going to watch junior and senior year? Because the, the argument was – his team wasn't as talented his senior year, uh, and that's why his interceptions were up. Are you going to compare and contrast? Uh, I probably won't get that deep into it. <laughs> <laughs> he's not He's not scouting for the NFL. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I think I'll watch two of the games from this year. But, um, no, I'm not a Mel Kuyper over here or anything like that. But, watch, but you're, watch, you're the gonna... LSU, watch the LSU game for sure. All right, I'll take a look at that one. You'll be looking and going, man, that, these wide receivers stink. Like, no wonder. <laughs> Speaking of, uh, of new talent, fans, fans didn't get to see any of them yet. You've only seen four practices, but uh, Jerome Ford, mm-hmm. what, are, what were your initial impressions of the newest uh, Bearcat to transfer from Alabama? Well, the first thing I saw him in the weight room, and he is strong. he's a strong dude. He is, I mean, he, yeah, he is strong. And um, he's a quiet kid. He seems like a really nice guy. He's quiet. Um, but I think he just puts his head down and works. And, um, you know, we kind of got the pads on a little bit at the end there. But I think yeah. that's kind of – that's going to be his thing is I think he's going to be you know, a tough downhill runner. Um, but I think he's going to be like a huge addition for us. And I think he, he's going to really help that backfield that we already got a lot of talent in. Yeah. I, I think it was day three of, of practice. He had – like the first day the pads were on. He had a move where he, he put his foot in the ground and, and reverse direction, and it was like, oh, yeah, that that's that's the kid we thought we were going to see. Yeah, there's definitely, like, a reason he was at Alabama. Um, yeah, I would expect him to, to have a big year and, and really help us. What is your, your impression of, of how recruiting has changed here? Because, what, three years – like, four years ago when those guys got here, the offensive line room uh, did not look anything like it does now. Um, I mean, they're bringing in, you know, we a lot of talk about big country. When big country got here, he was, you know, 6'4", 215 pounds. 
these kids that come in now are they're coming in as 18 19 year olds and they're 65 305 like john williams is a monster of a human being yeah um what has been your take on the recruiting and watching all of all of the stuff around you change and the the size and athleticism throughout the depth of the program just continue to increase yeah, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, we're not bringing any two-stars like I was anymore. That's productive. <laughs> um, yeah, it's crazy because, like, I, I know how, like, I how my class was. Um, you know, I, mean, I just feel like the guys they bring in now are just, like, they're grown men. Like, they're, bi- they're big dudes. And I'm like, I know I didn't look like that when I was 17, 18. Um, but, I mean, I think our coaches, they do such a good job of recruiting. And it definitely helps when you're winning. And I think um, – you know, that's what, what I think what they really sell is not like it's not our locker room, it's not our facilities. It's really just like the culture of the program and the guys. They're always emphasizing like when they have recruits around, they want us around them. They want, you know, because they want them to know like what their teammates are like and what the culture is like and who they're going to be around. But they also want us to be like, you know, is this a kid who's going to fit into our program? And I think I think the players are a lot more involved in recruiting than they probably previously were too, which is kind of something that's interesting. I think that's probably helped. So it was you that got Evan Prater done and not Gino and, and, and Des, right? <laughs> no, I don't know about all that. Oh, t- just take the credit. Be like, yeah, he said, yeah. I mean, I think he was on the fence. Here, I probably would have gone somewhere else. Yeah. He was on the fence and then he met me and he's like, yeah, I, I need to exactly. <laughs> you, uh, you got anything, Dave? Yeah, so, like, what are your favorite concepts to run? Me, personally? Yeah, just, like, uh-huh. if you got to call a drive of your – just you got to call the plays. What are, what are, you, what are your favorites to, to run? Um, I mean, I personally would, like, I'm a big establish the run game and then play action. <laughs> I mean, honestly, yeah, I just, like, depends on what the defense is giving us, but – um. Yeah, I always that think is that. the most nicest cliche. Like, you don't want to go five wide and sling it all over the place. I mean, I'm trying to think of like, do I want like what player Jake Sopko would want, or like what coach Jake Sopko would want to do? No, like if you if you were the quarterback when you're in quarterback, and Gino says call whatever play you want, the, the first oh, yeah. play that comes to mind because it's your best play. Like, what do you call it? I'm throwing a an angle route. An inside fade ball for sure. That's that's the first call. I mean, I'm gonna let it loose if I, you know, if I'm in there. Yeah. What 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 Bearcat over the last five years are you throwing it to? And don't say years. Bruno because you live with him. All right, I won't say Bruno. I'll say Josiah then. <laughs> Josiah's my boy. I'm getting I'm getting him the rock for sure. You're trying to get some of that NFL money he's about to get. Yeah, I'm trying to join his entourage. I've been talking to him all week, just making sure that he can forget about me. Is dyeing your hair blonde a requirement? Because he was feeling himself when he had the blonde top. Yeah, I, I told him I wasn't a fan of it, and I was not going to join in on that. But um, he kept it for a long time. I, he loved it. Yeah, it, it really grew on him. And I was like, bro, what are you doing, man? Like, we got we to gotta make a decision here. But um, – he got it all cleaned up before the combine and all that, so that was good. It was good to see. How cool was it watching him go to the combine and, and kick ass like he did? I mean, we all knew he was probably going to do it, but how cool was it to watch it happen? Oh, yeah, it was awesome. I mean, we, we knew that he was going to kill it, and, and just seeing him do it on like a national level, and it's um, it's cool because, I, I mean, I've been friends with a lot of guys, like obviously past teammates. Like I still talk to country and guys like that who, who are in the NFL, which is really cool, but, like, Joe's a guy who's like one of my best friends. We talk every day. Like we have a group chat and we talk every day. So it'll be really cool just to see like one of your closest friends like live out his dream. So I'm super excited for him. It's, it's All awesome. right, well, drop the scoop. Who do you think is going to draft him? So uh, I talked to him and who he thinks is going to draft him, but I won't say that. But who I personally think is going to draft him, I honestly, I think, I think Taylor, Coach Taylor, I think he's going to grab him. I can see him. Stay in Cincinnati. Go I don't. Ahead. I don't disagree, man. I mean, with all the uncertainty that's been going on, I think they're going to go heavy with the Senior Bowl guys and guys that they are comfortable with. And I don't think that's going to be Bengals only. I think a lot of teams are going to do that. But the relationship that he already has, and then coaching him at the Senior Bowl, they don't really have a tight end like him. He's more of mm-hmm. like a move guy. Um, so I could definitely see it. Yeah, no, it would be awesome, too, for, like, I mean, I know 
the city of Cincinnati. Cincinnati fans would love it too. So hopefully we'll see. So then uh, the get- transition then, your honest opinion on the new Browns uniforms is what? I like them. I know. They look like every other Browns uniform. Uh, are was- you, will you at least agree that they are basically the exact same uniforms they had before they changed the last time? Yeah, pre- I mean, pretty much. But I think that that's what the people, that's what the fans wanted in Cleveland. We just wanted to kind of go back to the basics, so and we were happy. The last one. Are you upset that there are no orange pants? That was my thing. Yeah, I'm very, I'm very upset about the orange pants. That's that's the best look is the brown on orange. I don't even like the Browns. I'm just a uniform geek, and not having the orange pants is a, it's awful. I think their like co-owner today said they're working on it. Yeah, because so many people are angry that they didn't do it originally. I yeah, that's what I was upset about, and I've heard that they had a lot of people complaining. I heard the same thing that they're working on it. I mean, they got that's the best look. Is the, the so now you can just pull out your Manziel jersey, since it's the same as you know as the uniforms now, and you know just wear that again. I do have the brown Manziel jersey, so yeah, it always plays. It's a good jersey to have. <laughs> from a guy that was in that quarterback room, how banged up was Des last year? How tough was he? How much did he play through? Yeah, he he's a trooper. I mean, he he was banged up every. Would week. you have played through it? I mean, I would. I would definitely would have tried. <laughs> like, um, yeah, he. I mean, he's a tough kid. He really is, and he he was banged up a lot of the year, uh, probably a lot more than people know. Um, but I mean, he would never. He's not a guy to complain, and he he would never show it. So he was just he he lives in the training room, and he was always doing everything he could to get his body right. So I mean, I got I got so much respect for him for you know the way he handled everything, and uh, you know he was doing everything he could to get out on the field, and he was out on the field every every game except that one. How much did you lobby in that that one the, the Memphis game that that you should have been the starter? Were, were you in Gino's ear in Coach Dembrock's ear? I was not. I was happy for Ben. I was supporting Ben, but, you know, I was ready to go just in case they needed me for sure. What's it like playing for Gino? Uh, how much trash talk does Gino Gadoli do as a coach? Yeah, he the best is, like, when the after-practice stuff. So, like, we're at, like, higher ground, and we'll do, like, after-practice competition, and he is so competitive. And, like, we'll do, like, throwing, like, accuracy drills and stuff, and he, he's so competitive, and he kicks our ass every time too, which, like, he still got it. Like he still can sling it. No, no, hundred percent. Yeah, no, he can still sling it. But um, as a and coach, he'll tell you about it. Yeah, no, for <laughs> sure. Yeah, he he likes to let you know. He's he's super competitive. Anything we do, we do like dodgeball or anything. Like he he flips a switch and he's ready to go. How many stories have you guys gotten from him about how how wild he was in college? Because he was he was not a uh, the buttoned up. Uh, prim and proper Gino Gadulli family man we see today. No, yeah, we, we get a story uh, now and then that we're always just, like, laughing at, and he he definitely had a good time in college. And every once in a while, we get uh, Bob, Bob Mangine, the head trainer. He was the trainer here, yeah. Sometimes, every once in a while, I've heard a story from him about Gino, too. So, <laughs> Dave, you got anything else? No, he, he answered all my important ones. Air Monarchs, Browns uniforms, TikTok robbery. I mean, that was that's the stuff I cared about. You care about the important stuff. I, I got to give right. the fans at least a little bit of like the the inside the locker room stuff. We need like we need the deep dive when we get a you know a player on. This never happened before. We need so the the three hundred and sixty uh, degree view of them. I like okay, that. one final question. How worried are you about your senior season? Um, I, yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm hoping for the best. Um, I feel good though. I got a good feeling. I think, I think things are going to be back probably sooner than, sooner than later. I don't have any facts to back that up, but that's just the feeling that I have. Don't don't worry, Jake, neither does anyone else. That's the hopeful (laughs) feeling that I have. Um, I expect us to play and I expect us to win a lot of games and, and have a lot of fun. So how how devastated would you be if this did not include like if if what got next in this whole thing was a trip to three weeks to higher ground would you be okay with that or do you like higher ground i'm gonna be I, I, nobody likes higher ground <laughs> you can say what they want but nobody likes higher ground the food's uh, good that's what that, that's all everybody food says. is good yeah the food. it's not that good 
<laughs> the heaviest I've ever weighed was when I was at higher ground. Like to do, the, to do the three weeks there, it's not that good. I mean, it, it, yeah. It all blends in, and at that point, like, it just – nothing matters. The food's what you look forward to. That's the best part of the day. <laughs> but, um, yeah, yeah. Higher ground, I mean, I'll, I'll be happy to go back, but I'm not going to say that it's my favorite place in the world. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, Jake, thank you. This was, uh, this was fantastic. And uh, it's the start of, a, of a, a, a long-term relationship here. The door is open for you whenever you want to be on the BCJ podcast. You are more than welcome, and we will groom you. And, and maybe by the 2021 season, you can take Dave's spot and be the co-host of this thing for football season. <laughs> Appreciate it. Sounds like a plan. Let's make it happen. All right. Thanks, brother. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks, thanks Jake. Me, guys. That's Jake Sopko, senior quarterback for the University of Cincinnati. I'm just kidding, Dave. I wouldn't replace you. But he would be a great third wheel. Oh, he'd be fantastic. I mean, you might even want to, like, after, you know, assuming there's football this year, uh, interview him after every game. Ask him what he saw out there, how warm-ups went, you know, what the halftime adjustments were. I I don't know if they'll let that happen. (laughs) I think we can They're coming off the sideline or coming off at halftime. I think we can try, but I don't know that they'll let that happen. But yeah. that that was really good stuff. That was a lot of what? fun. And you can you can see why I've got my eye on Jake as a potential oh, yeah. Bearcat Journal contributor. He he handles himself well. He knows what he's talking about. And he's able to have a little bit of fun with things. And that's, I think that's, that's the thing is, you know, I'm not, you know, you talk to the guys, all the guys obviously way more than I do. But if we're, you know, we're going to bring someone on, there's, there's got to be some personality and, and give us some good answers. And we definitely know we're going to get that with, from him. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Before we get into uh, the rest of the show, uh, that was a great first half of the show. I'd like to remind everybody that our own Justin Berg feeds his family with his landscaping business. It's called Leah's landscaping. That's Leah's L I A S. They do everything from, from mulch to retaining walls, contact Berg with the private message, Go to the Leah's Landscaping website, leahslandscaping.com, or they have a Facebook page. Bearcat fans get preferential treatment. Xavier fans get charged double, which is how business should operate. Yeah. I tried to see if he could cut down my tree. We have a massive tree issue at my house. Oh, is it from the storms? It's got to come down. Like uh, every major storm we lose like a portion of that tree. Yeah. And at some point in time, that portion of that tree is going to come through my bedroom. And <laughs> I, I would like for that not to happen. I tried to get him to do the tree and he's like, uh, we do landscape. <laughs> he, he doesn't know someone that can do the tree. Not, not the, the, this tree is massive. I mean, it's probably uh-huh. been around for 150 years. Yeah. It was giant. He's like, I could come do some limbs. I sent him a picture. He's like, no. <laughs> no, thank you, sir. Uh, but give Berg a call. Let him know the Bearcat Journal sent you, and he'll hook you up. All right. Well, last week was football week, Dave. Yep. Four football commitments in six days last week. Luke Fickle kept Bearcat Journal busy. I joke about this, but it, it's actually true. I told the basketball staff last week, Let's hold off because we got all football this week. Let's do everything next week. They laughed at me. Ha ha. You're not funny, but that's how it played out. I ended up being right. Yeah. Hey, we need, to, we need to balance our, you know, balance our content. Look, it, that was like, that's the, one of the major problems I had with Mick is every summer, like we have 365 days this year, 366 days. Mick would, would, would land like 75% of his recruiting class in two or three days at like the end of June, early July. Like, can we space it out a bit, bro? Yeah. But John Brandon, the basketball team, got better this week. Added two former top 150 level recruits in Rapolis Ivanowskis, who is uh, transferring from Colgate, originally started his career at Northwestern. Couple shoulder injuries derailed his time at Northwestern. He was very good at Colgate, Patriot League Player of the Year two years ago, second team All Conference this year. Uh, he joins the team. Look, 
looking to be uh, like like he's going to step in as the a power forward for John Brandon's team. Then the next missing piece was at guard, and they answered that today with Michigan transfer David DeJulius, uh, who has two years of eligibility remaining. Obviously, if if the the uh, NCAA legislation goes through, that allows a one-time transfer without sitting. Uh, that's going to be voted on next month. If that goes through and is voted on for 2020, um, then he'll be eligible immediately. And ultimately, though, Dave, John Brandon had two areas of need, two open roster spots at this point in time, and he went out and got high-level guys to fill both of them. Uh, and, and you have to be happy looking at John Brandon's roster with what he's been able to do. Absolutely. I mean, it's uh... – <laughs> Even though we're in this, like, crazy time period, it doesn't seem like – Also, I, I didn't want to drink a beer while we had a player on. Oh. But he's gone now, so. Right kind of you. Um, but it's just the whole thing Brewery. interesting to me that everything seems to be on shutdown <laughs> except for football and basketball recruiting. Like, kids are committing – not just UC, but, like – All over the place, I yeah. mean – with, with not not going to campuses, not, you know, and, and I thought it was interesting. Um, I guess he goes, can go by rap. Um, yeah, we're calling him rap. I mean, talked, it, that's as much easier. With, with Justin, how this is like the third time he's gone through it. So he like didn't need, to, none of that stuff mattered to him. He just wanted to talk to the coaches about the system and their their vision for him and, you know, build that type of relationship. So, with transfers, maybe maybe it's not that big of a deal because they're not really too concerned about what your facilities maybe look like or, you know, videos and graphics and stuff like that. But um, to get two guys like that, one that played at a very good mid-major program um, in the tournament last year, lost to Tennessee in the first round, might have been able to beat Tennessee if he was healthy because he, I think he had pink eye. I don't. I was that was the game after the UC game, and I was paying attention, but not really. Um, <laughs> around it might have been before. I don't remember, but um, no, it was the game after. But then, so he's in the tournament two years ago. This past year, they were. I guess you could probably say they were upset in their conference final game. Um, they were the prohibitive favorite. So you get someone of that caliber, and then you add what would have likely have been Michigan's starting point guard uh, this year, uh, and still averaged seven points a game, um, filling in for Xavier Simpson, who was a very good point guard, one of the better point guards in the country. So, you know, you're adding – you know, we're always skeptical, I think, any time with these transfers. It seems like no matter where – they're hyped up. I mean, people want to be excited about them, and more times than not, you know, the production is not anywhere near what they did at their previous schools. But in these two cases, the hope is that you're getting someone that produced at a super high level at the mid-major level, and even, I would say, mid-major plus for that program specifically. And then you're getting a guy that was a valuable piece on a tournament team so you would hope that the transition for two guys kind of like that would be, you know, more one for one, so to speak. Like you're not going to see some crazy split where you go from averaging 15 a game to seven and from eight boards a game to four, something like that. Yeah. And I think, you know, that, that consistency, that, that type of production is exactly what John was, was looking for. And it's been pretty impressive, Dave. If you look, I know there's still, you know, there are questions out there about how this thing is going to work long term. I think many of those questions were answered this year, but you know, we didn't get a we didn't get a conclusion to the season, so it's hard to say, you know, for certain on some of these things. But realistically, I mean, it's a situation where John Brandon knew he had a couple things to take care of. And he got both of those things successfully taken care of by guys that can play. And for me, that's the most important thing, right? Like, get dudes that can play. Sure. 
And, and we know these two dudes can play. And, and, and they're coming in now. And, and this point was made on the board, and I think it's an excellent one. You now have a, a top 100-level guy in DeJulius, a top 125-type guy in Ivanowskis joining Keith Williams, who was a four-star, Zach Harvey, who was a four-star, uh, Tari Eason coming in as a four-star, Gabe Madsen not that far behind uh, as, a, as a very high three-star. And now you're stacking high-level recruits on top of each other. Yeah. And, and and that's what you need to win. Like, I, I'm not one of those. And I, and, you know, it's crazy that working for a recruiting service or, you know, owning Bearcat Journal, but rankings aren't the be all end all. They are, however, the more highly ranked kids you have, the better chance you have to win at a high level. Yeah, I mean that. You know, we we talk we've talked about that so much in the past, especially with football. Like, that yes, you can. Get a two star or a three star, and they end up turning into a Jason Kelsey. But Clemson, you don't want to Ohio, live on that. Clemson and Ohio State and Alabama—they're not taking two and three stars and saying, "Well, we'll just coach them up." No, they want right. all the five stars because guess what? The hit rate is way better on the five stars and the four stars. <laughs> so the more guys you get that can play the better off you are. And I think, like, the, the question specifically for next year's roster, I don't really think changed adding these two guys. I think the team as a whole can be better because of those two guys than maybe, you know, if they would have added some other guys. But it's still going to be a pretty young and inexperienced team. And you're still going to have to replace your two – you know, go-to guys. And yeah. that wasn't going to change regardless of who they added. So you just get the best guys you can get and figure all that stuff out later. Well, but what I do think changes, and, and yes, inexperience is going to be a factor next year. But now you're looking at most likely DeJulius on the floor a lot with the ball in his hands as point guard, right? Yeah. And Keith Williams, if he returns, which I expect Keith to be back. Keith Williams at the three as a senior that has played a boatload of minutes. And now Ivanowskis at the four. Mm -hmm. And Chris Vogt at the five, who played a lot of minutes last year. Like, he's got challenges that he's going to have to overcome, especially when he, he gets he into had to, He had to play too many minutes to, yeah. down the stretch. I mean, that's that was obvious. But the reality is – your prime, like you have four primary guys that are going to be on the floor that have a ton of college experience. Now, you know, they haven't had a ton of experience all playing together, and that's going to take some time. But you're not forcing a very talented freshman class to be in over their head. No, no. They're, 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 still, your, they're still your reserves uh, versus maybe having to be – your, maybe some of your starters or your your heavy heavy minute reserves. I guess the again, it's you. You were always good. Something was always not going to exactly be perfect because you know it rarely ever is. But right, concern still would just be like shot overall shot making. Yes, and, you know, but you know if you've got a stretch four now, you got if you have Keith coming back. Chris, a full year in the program, understanding what, especially in conference play, what that means. You at least have some some knowns, and you can work around maybe that one kind of bigger deficiency with the roster as a whole. Yeah, and when you look around the American, I mean, it, it, look, Houston's going to be the team to beat. Well, they're, I mean, they're – Gary they return everyone. Preseason pre top five. Yeah. They return everyone but one guy. Who hardly played. He was a contributor, but he wasn't a critical piece of that team. No, Your I mean, two best players were freshmen. They're going to be sophomores. I mean, Houston's loaded. I think Memphis is also going to be very good. Yeah, I, can, I think so. I mean, you're getting Quinones back. You're getting Lance Thomas back. Um, I like the Dandridge kid a lot. You've got 
Alex Lomax and Tyler Harris uh, that are going to be juniors. Like, is they've Ellis, got – Is Ellis uh, coming back? Yeah, Ellis is coming back at this point. They've got a lot of – they've got a lot of talent, a lot of dudes. And I I know people are, are kind of uh, wishy-washy on whether Penny can coach or not. I think he can. To take that team as young as they were last year and get them to be a top five defensive team in the country, that's good coaching. Like, I think the guy can coach. I mean, they didn't get an 11-point or whatever it was, 13-point lead with seven minutes to go at UC just on accident just because they right. made a bunch of ridiculous shots. No, they're good. So I think – but now I think UC has firmly positioned themselves with these two additions – to be right there with those top three. And I think whether they were – even without them, I think they probably would have been right around third. But now I think they're third with a chance to challenge the top two. Yeah, I think there's probably, in that uh, top two. there's probably a little bit of a gap then, too, between like uh, – Yeah. I haven't even – I mean, I don't even – other than Wichita losing all those guys, I don't have a clue what the rest of the conference – is doing so there might be kind of like that top two then you see then like another gap for you yeah. know further and down. i agree what i'm saying is with these two guys you see close that gap between where sure. they would have been and now where they would will be coming in the next year which i i would guess is predicted as third but much closer to those top two than they were 48 hours ago let's say that yeah and i'm even saying like they're closer to the top two than Four and five probably are to them. Agree completely because I don't, I don't know. know I, I don't even know who that would be right now. I don't know who would be four and five either. I mean, I, I would say I, I think South Florida is going to be really good with Yetna back because I, I was really high on him. I thought he was a yeah. I thought he was going to be a first team all league guy. But they'd lose Rideau and David yeah. Collins. That's a big hit. But I, I think Yetna's that talented. Um, Tulsa's going to take a step back because they, they, they don't have uh, Igbanu anymore. And then um, – Yeah, Dryhorn. Dryhorn transferred. Temple's not going to be good, I don't think. They had a couple guys transfer it, out. It's going to be a rough year for the conference below yeah. those top three teams, I think. Yeah. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> SMU will be pretty good. I think SMU will probably be four. Yeah. I've, Isaiah Mike. I think they'll be they, good. I think you could see some people think they would be three and UC would be four just because of UC more, having yeah. to replace five guys and two of them being Jaron and Trey. Right. When you're I mean you're replacing two first team all conference guys. That's that's not easy by any stretch. No. But I, I think this does put put Cincinnati in a very strong position um, coming out of the offseason. So we'll see. But I mean, that was the task at hand. And, and, you know, it's funny because last week it was like, you know, everybody was panicking and the staff can't recruit and they can't land big-time players. And now all of a sudden, you know, John Brandon's great again. Yeah. I mean, that's – but that's to be – that's the nature of fandom. Yeah, it's the nature of it. And, I mean, just, you know, being honest, the, the whole, you know, Jalen Tate thing. The optics were bad. No question. I mean, if, if a fan's going to get upset about that, I mean, what are you, you going to tell them? That you're wrong? Yeah. And I, I talked about that with Mo um, the day that it happened. We were getting ready, you know. We were going on the on the radio a little bit later, and he's like, "Look, there's there's no spin in the optics being bad." I'm like, "No, the just, optics just the optics it, are bad." Flip it to any other team, we'd be ripping. We'd be like, "Oh my god, that guy can't do anything. He can't even yeah. get a guy who used to coach whose dad played at the school." And I mean, we'd be saying the same stuff about any other, you know, if it was like another AAC team that we're competitive with, we'd say the same stuff. So I mean, it's but it's. But that doesn't mean that, like, the season is over on that day and right. they can't recruit any more guys. But in that in that moment, yeah, it wasn't it wasn't a great great thing to, to look at. You can't really spin that. No, 
And, and you know, that's why I didn't try to. <laughs> There's no real spinning it. The only, <clears throat> the only thing you can really say at that point is you got to let this thing play out. And fortunately, right as that was happening, David DeJulius was going in the portal. Right. Um, the one thing I, I do like about DeJulius, and I, and I think this is a factor, and I talked about this a lot during the season uh, on the Skinny podcast, I think there's a huge difference between guys transferring up and guys transferring down. And you're getting a guy into Julius that's played two seasons in the Big Ten. This year, 20 minutes a game. I, I think this year the Big Ten was the toughest co- conference in the country oh, by far. There's no doubt. You're getting a kid that went into Maryland on Maryland senior night and scored 20 points in 20 minutes. Like, and, and if you look at the history of the American Conference, the guys that have transferred down – by and large, almost every one of them has been an impact guy right away in this conference. That bodes well for David Julius. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it's – it's it's. I, I totally agree. I just – you know, it's not like – you know, you, you, you once you dig into it a little bit, you, you know, and all – most people know if they're listening to this, but, like, he was backing up a really good point guard and was still able to carve out a role for himself and an average, you know, almost double figures. And so you would, you would think that that's easily transferable, you know, and we're not saying this about UC's program, but just be honest, like the AAC is down from the big 10. So, yeah, well, and, and that's not saying anything about UC. It's saying something right, that's about what I'm the UC like, plays. <laughs> right, that's who they play. So you would expect him to, if he played, I don't know what, 30 minutes a game, to have, I'm not going to say significantly better, but build off of what he's done the last two years. And Brandon apparently, and obviously we, we've been doing this podcast, so I didn't hear it, but somebody on the board posted, he, he was on with Lance, and, and said one thing that, that DeJulius adds that's really needed is he's a leader, he's vocal. And this is not a team with a lot of vocal guys right now. You lost that. Really, Trey Scott last year was the only vocal guy on this team. Right. Um, so I, I definitely think you needed a guy to come in that's going to be a little bit more vocal. Now, will it take time for him to establish himself as a leader? Sure, because that's not, that's not given. You don't just walk in and everybody's like, oh, there's our new leader. Good to well, see you. Especially with what's going on now. I mean, there might not be any summer interaction Right. I mean, we have no idea when the first time these guys are all going to get together is going to be. And when you, you know, there doesn't seem to be that obvious, like, oh, yeah, this guy graduated. This guy's going to take over that, you know, that vocal leadership role. There's not that obvious. I don't, at least I don't think there's that obvious person right there's now. There's not. So if you're not getting together with your whole team until – who knows when that's a dynamic that could take some time to figure out and at least initially could, could pose a problem, you know, who's leading, who's taking the shot in crunch time, who's do you know, all those things that veteran teams have benefit of, or, you know, all the teams that we've seen in the past where it's like this player graduates. Oh yeah. It's now it's so-and-so's team, even if they're not necessarily the, the lead guy, but it's their team, like they're running the show, but maybe they're, you know, the third option from an offensive standpoint. But everybody looks to that person when, you know, shit hits the fan, so to speak. We don't really know who that guy is right now. No, because, I mean, as much as I love Keith, Keith's just not a vocal guy. No, no, and the worst thing you do is try to, like – Force him into that, yeah. Or himself try to be like, okay, now i got to step up, and then he's – He's acting like someone that he's not, and it probably then hurts his his game because he's now worried about being the the new Trey or whatever, and that's not who he is. Right. So a, a, an interesting 48 hours for sure for John Brandon and the basketball program. You got to get up in the morning early. We, you drink some water there. It's quarantine, Dave. Yeah, I know. I, I, I got a nine-month-old. You think he just sleeps in? <laughs> But he goes to bed early. Yeah, the, tonight he did. He'll still get up at 6. 
Oh, you got anything else? Anything else you want to talk about? I do. I do need to. I heard you on it with Skinny today, and I, I gotta get. God, we gotta talk Burrow because I just don't. I don't get it. You guys are still in on the trade. The pit trade. No, no, no. I, we were not. That was not the point of that whole conversation at all. You you said if they offered the four first rounders, you have to do it. Skinny said that. I said that like that's tempting not to if they three this year and one next year, you have to listen. If they're offering four first rounders, you have to listen. I, I don't think but the you point, do. The point of that conversation was okay, you're not trading and I said this. Don't try to don't try to put words in my mouth. They are not trading out of Joe Burrow. Well that they well, one, they shouldn't. Two, four first those three picks, okay, like the way you have to look at it is okay. If if you love this guy, what are you what are you replacing him with? The one pick next year is a totally unknown. You have no idea what that would be. So the three picks they have five, eighteen, and twenty six. So if you do trade, who are you take? Who did, did Skinny like want? Does he want Tua? I don't want any part to do with Tua. Well, that's my whole thing. It's like okay, and he might be great. But if, if I said to you, hey, we're Given the use... Bengals' luck, there's no way you can take Tua. Because he would be broken the day he got the Bengals, Just take the Bengals' luck out of it. If I said to you, Chad, we're going to use a top five pick on the guy that has broken his wrist twice, needed surgery to fix it once, had a knee sprain, a high ankle sprain on both legs that both required surgery, and then broke his hip. Would you even for one second think about drafting that guy? No. With a top five pick? And, and, and that he might play 15 years in the NFL. But those injuries, four surgeries for a quarterback in three years in college, I don't know how you put, put a top five pick on someone like that. I don't either. I'm with you. I'm, I'm fully with you. The then, point of the conversation and, today – and then the, eight, the 18th and 26th pick, I mean, those are just random dudes. Like, you're just hoping to get lucky. Like, Again, the point of the conversation today was about trading back from the number one pick in the second round and using that to build some draft capital. Yeah, that's, That was the point of that conversation. I mean, they've, they've done that three years in a row. I, I'm, unless some, something wild happens, I can't imagine that they wouldn't have, like, a five to seven guy – grouping that they said okay if we can move back this far and still get one of these guys we're comfortable with that um but no i mean i know he wrote the wrote an article on it last week or whatever and, and caught a bunch of a bunch of grief over it um but it, to, yeah to me it just doesn't make any sense no, and I, I, like I, I said at the very beginning of that, they are not. The, a week from tonight, we will be deep in talk about the Bengals having selected Joe Burrow as the number you, one. You can't use NFL other draft. teams' past failures drafting the quarterback with the first pick as the impetus on why you shouldn't do it. Well, it sounds like you need to call Skinny and argue with him. Because no, you're arguing argue. his points, not mine. I mean, it, it's not really a fair argument. <laughs> Literally, he's like on an island of one. Pike's kind of out there with him. Pike's been talking about trading the pick a lot, too. Oh, <laughs> Thankfully, hey, I, I was the originator of trading that pick. Oh, I know you were. And we, I came we talk, around. We talked about it several times. I changed my mind. I said I was wrong. I admitted it. I manned up and said, you take Joe Burrow number one. If, if but two, I, I started this. If Tua wasn't six foot and had all these injuries, it would be a legitimate argument. Like, it would be a legitimate discussion of whether he should be the number one pick. I just, well, I'm, not point, big, I'm not a big six foot left-handed quarterback with a bunch of injuries guy. Like, he, you're basically hoping that you hit gold within five years because – the chances that he just has like some 10 to 15 year career with no significant injury. 
I mean, I, I guess I can't say it's minuscule, but like these aren't like little injuries he's had. I mean, he's been hurt significantly several times and the way he plays does not lend himself to not being injured again. So I've got an idea for next week. Well, it can't be on Thursday. I'm a little bit. No, no, we'll not do, we won't do Thursday. I've got an idea for next week. I want to do a, a, a BCJ staff podcast. Like, ra- like round table. I, I'm, I'm concerned about that because the one thing I've noticed on these things, when you have too many people, you got people talking over each other. It's not viable. Yeah. Cause it canceled. Like if then you yeah. can't hear anybody, right. um, we might need to do a little research. Cause like zoom is good because you can have like unlimited people, Google hangout. You can, you can only get up to 10. So you might need to see if maybe one of the applications isn't like that, but I don't know how it wouldn't be like, you know, you wouldn't be able to hear if everyone was just talking. It would just be white noise if they didn't cancel out whoever, you know, wasn't talking. So what I'm thinking is you and I as the host, and then we have Brett and Brent and Mick, maybe Berg if he wants to, all call in in intervals of like 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, be like we give them their like – like they're calling in the radio show to talk right. football recruiting, basketball recruiting, and then they get 10 minutes, 15 minutes to go over their their expertise. I, I like that idea. What do you think? Yeah, I'd be down for that. All right. Well, then that's we'll, – we'll aim for probably Tuesday, uh, if we can make it work with everybody, Tuesday yeah, or Wednesday. Tuesday um, or Wednesday of next week. Um, this will be fun. I'm doing a – we're doing like a probably 15 person draft zoom conference call while also playing a draft drinking game that me and some friends invented a long, long oh, time ago. Mo, and Mo's going to be joining every so often to see how it's going. Well, Mo, I think is on the air from nine to midnight on LW. Yeah. Cause he was invited and he said he would come on the whole time if he didn't have his obligations. And then he said, then I said, well, if you're on the radio, just check in and see how downhill we get as the night goes on, because you have to, (laughs) you have to drink like three ounces of beer before each pick. And then you have to guess if you're playing, you have to guess who's getting picked. So like, if I get the first pick, I would guess Joe Burrow. But you don't have to do it for every pick. What? Yes. Yeah. Well, no, I guess, and if I get it right, I give someone a shot. If I miss okay. it, I take a shot. So a shot, after, not a beer. A shot. A shot. No, a shot. You, but you're drinking three ounces of beer before the commissioner gives the pick. Oh, you can't make it through the first round. We've, we, believe me, we've tried. It's not possible. That, that sounds awful. I want no especially, part of that. Especially when you get into, like, the middle of the first round. You're, no one's ever getting the pick right. So well, no one's always, paying attention at that point because you're drunk. Yeah, it's it's great. <laughs> the first year we did it, we rented a cabin in Gatlinburg, and it was the Carson Palmer year. So I figure we're drafting another quarterback with the number one pick. We got to bring it back. But we got we got guys in Detroit, Dallas, Nashville, Memphis, Atlanta. Every, everybody's calling in. That's the one thing about this whole scenario. Zoom is bringing the world closer together. Oh yeah, I mean, <laughs> I have like I have a call at nine o'clock with a couple buddies that we just to just check in with each week, see how everybody's doing and everything. I mean, it's I'd still rather be going to the office and to restaurants and yes, you know. I said the one good thing. I didn't say <laughs> there were lots of good things. No, I said the one good thing. No. Thank, thank God the PGA Tour said, hey, we're, we're, going, we're going full steam ahead here. Ohio's open May 1st. That's right. The Memorial, <laughs> the memorial in Columbus, they're, they're selling tickets. <laughs> I'll be there. I, don't, I mean, I've, I've said it. I mean, like, if you want to take the risk, I feel like you should be able to take the risk. When it's yeah. safe, like, I mean, which I feel like now it's starting to get a little safer. Obviously, 
some places it's still not. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll see. That's their intentions. We'll see when we get to middle of July how that goes. I mean, maybe they only sell half the tickets that they expected to sell or whatever. Um, right. The first four tournaments, they've already no said no fans. But, but golf is the perfect sport oh. to come back. Especially if you limit the – say you say half the fans. I mean, there's – and you tell them, you know, we, we're going to keep track of how many people are, like, around the greens. You got to be more spread out or whatever, but you got to go to different holes instead of parking, you know. So, yeah, I mean, there's – they tried to use the whole acreage excuse at the Players' Championship <laughs> and played the first round and then realized they looked, looked pretty damn bad. Uh, trying to do that, so. But yeah, the players don't talk to each other. Half the players right. don't like each other and don't talk to each other anyway, so they're not going to be anywhere near each other. And everybody, they're not six feet apart. Like, outside of the one guy you're playing with, they're like 150 yeah. yards apart. As long as you and your caddy haven't been, you know, contaminated, you're not like, they don't walk down the fairways arm in arm, so. Right. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up. Thanks to Jake Sopko. That was awesome having Jake on. It was good to get the perspective of a player after getting coaches and strength coaches and trainers. And uh, I think we've given you the entire spectrum of how this thing is, is playing out uh, for the Bearcats. And I think Jake was the perfect guy to do that. And I'm not going I, I do have my eye on him long-term. So oh. Once his NFL career is over, he can yeah, join the Journal. Hey, look, if you're looking for somebody to hold a clipboard, like, that guy knows how to do it. Back, backwards hat, clipboard. Yeah. Signal in. Yeah, all-star. He's got it down. <laughs> All right, man. Thank you. We will, uh, we'll talk next week. All right, man. Thanks. That's Dave Simone. I'm Chad Brendel. We'll see you next time. It's the BCJ Podcast, brought to you by the Holy Grail here on BearcatJournal.com. Perfect. Yep.